listening to We Watch Movies. I'm Ava. And I'm Jenna. And we watch movies! So, this week we watched Outside the Wire, which is a new Netflix movie that came out on January 15th. Um, so last Friday, as of right now. Um, it is an action movie, uh, and kind of like a war movie, but it's not about a previous war. I believe it's set in the future, but also I could be wrong because I didn't understand half of what was going on half of the movie. Um, but it's fine. It was, it, it's it's all it's all good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure um, it took place in 2036. 2036. Thank you, Jenna, for paying more attention than I did. Um, <laughs> I didn't do much better than you, Ava. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's starring Anthony Mackie and Damson Idris. I'm. For those of you who don't listen often, you know I always butcher the names, so forgive me. Um, but yeah, it's a it's it was um, an action movie. Wasn't much special going on. Jenna, do you have your thoughts? Netflix called it cyberpunk, and I I found that amusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. For those of you who haven't watched it, if you want to watch it, go ahead and watch it, um, because we're going to spoil it. Um, if you haven't watched it, that, or if you have watched it, sorry, then continue listening. If you haven't watched it and you don't feel like wasting your time, then continue listening. Um, it got a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, which was the first thing that I noticed. Because when I was watching the beginning of it, I was like, okay, this seems pretty okay. And then I was, and then I looked at it and it was like 37% and I was like, hang on, <laughs> what's gonna, what, I was just waiting the whole time for something really bad to happen and then I just saw that it was just progressively getting worse. But at like, the beginning was okay, and then the rest of it just kind of went downhill. <laughs> like, it had a solid premise. Like, some of the execution was like a little wonky, but I was like, okay, like, you got your premise. Like, I don't think this will be anything, like, groundbreaking, but you you have a movie here. Uh, I'm willing to keep watching this. And then, like, for the third act, this movie completely, like, bent over itself to completely change what it was doing. And sometimes this can be done really well and make for a really intriguing movie. It was not done well in this movie. <laughs> but did it have a solid premise, though? Did it really? Because okay, like, solid premise for this movie. Like, okay, you got this soldier guy teaming up with this robot guy, and they gotta do something. See, the whole robot thing is what bothered me the most, because there was no point. <laughs> like, I don't know, it, it just... He was, he, he was like, oh, I'm a robot, and you know, normally the problems that you get with a robot in a show are like, oh, they're too cold, and they don't understand humans, and then they have a mind of their own, and they start killing humans. Um, and so at first I was like, okay, they're doing something different, this robot is a good guy, but then they just made him human, basically. Like, they were like, not only is he a robot, he, but he can also feel emotions even better than humans can. And he can perceive things like humans can. And he also can act on his own volition. Oh yeah, and he's also kind of squishy. So, 
I'm sorry, but like the way that they showed him being cut open, like that—that's—that's that's not metal. Like they were like, "Oh, you feel like titanium." No, he doesn't. He's squishy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, what? I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say because it was innocent, but it does not sound correct. So I'm not gonna say it. But while I was watching this movie, by the end of it, there were two things I wished that they had done instead of what they actually went with and i would have preferred if they had just made both of them regular human people not robots because then you have kind of like two sides of the same coin and like who's right if either of them are right that could have been interesting or you center it more on anthony mackie's character and you kind of focus like why is the robot like less cold than the humans in this scenario that type of thing Really try anything other than what you did do here because it didn't work. Well, see, my problem with androids is they're always, um, they always end up telling, like, the same story. Um, and just, like, generally, most, most robot movies in general, they're always like, oh, this robot turns evil. Like, oh, yeah, they tried to become a, they tried to make a very human-like thing, but no, they turn evil. Like, you have that in... I, I can't even list off examples because there are too many, but most prominently, I guess, Terminator. Like, that last scene reminded me a lot of Terminator. Um, when he was just kind of, like, going around, getting ready to launch off a nuke, which I don't- I don't think that happened to Terminator, but, <laughs> um, I don't know, it just- See, see, usually you have two options to go in with robots that are self-aware. Either they're human, they look human, and appear human and have very human limitations, or, um, and they are, like, and, and they're limited in their social interaction capabilities, or they are not humanoid, like, they'll be, like, a, a computer, or, like, a program or something, and they'll have more feeling than they were intended to. Um... And, and both ways they end up going evil, like, in, like, every scenario. Like, I was thinking really hard. I was trying to find a, mo a movie about sentient robots where they don't turn evil, and at first I was like, oh, I think I think Wally is one of them. But then I realized <laughs> then I realized not even freaking Wally has, is a movie where none of the robots turn evil. <laughs> and like, I mean, I just, I just want I don't know, it, but then, see, I don't know, I would have had a problem with it either way, because if he just stayed nice, as in the way that he was, then I would have been like, why'd you make him a robot in the first place? And I would have had a problem with that, too. So, either way, this character was destined for destruction, which was sad, because I like Anthony Mackie. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, and as I was watching this movie, I was thinking... Why is it that every time there's a movie with, like, a robot plot, why do they always turn evil? Like, I can certainly imagine back when the advancement of technology in the digital era was still very new, and most people were still a little concerned about what this meant for the future, but now we're, like, 30 or so odd years later, and you would think that our relationship with technology and the future has kind of changed a little bit and diversified our interactions with things that are just become commonplace objects. Why hasn't the stories we tell in media changed? Because they definitely should. There's enough material that we can tell other stories, but these are always the things we go with. 
and it, it's not working. You know what I? You know what was one of the things that distracted me from this movie? I was rewatching that video of the dancing robots from New Year's. <laughs> uh -huh. I want a movie about them. They look so cute. And yeah. I was like, I just, what about a robot that's like really nice? <laughs> Uh, there's probably there's probably like a kids movie where there's a robot that's just really nice and just stays really nice the whole time, but like I don't know. I thought that it was interesting with the Gumps that they had in this movie. That was a cool direction to look at because I I honestly do believe that eventually that's where warfare is gonna go. Um, but still. That like that 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 just I mean that's interesting, but then that still makes um that that still makes Leo Captain Leo irrelevant because if they have robots like Leo, why do they have robots like the Gumps? I had so many problems with the Gumps, and this first of all like I don't know that much about like robotics or like the military and especially like things that are going on in either of those worlds so like if i say something phenomenally stupid it's because i don't know anything i'm just trying to talk about in terms of the movie but the gumps like so we have these like little cubicles for all the drone pilots and they're all flying like the drones and whatever right mm -hmm. so then you have the gumps which I'm pretty sure no one is controlling them because they were always saying like, oh, don't preempt or whatever. And I was like, so if we can control the planes, why don't we control <laughs> the robot soldiers manually instead of sending more people out? And all this is when gamers take over the world. The wrong thing. This is when gamers take over warfare. <laughs> Do you remember last year how everyone was talking about World War Three? And yes. they're saying all the gamers were gonna have to go to war. Um, yeah, I mean like just first person shooter the whole battlefield. But like that like that does make sense, right? Like as a loophole in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because once I realized that, I couldn't really look at the plot of this movie the same way because I was like, why, why are we just creating conflict that can easily be solved? You know something else that bothered me? The Good. Russian woman that was British. <laughs> I, see, this is this woman. Her name is Sophia, spelled S-O-F-I-Y-A, because she's not like other girls. Um, no, and she's supposed to be this Russian woman. She lives in Russia. Um, or was it, was it Russia or Ukraine? They were speaking Russian or Ukrainian. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I know that at one point they went into Russia, so I got, I got my countries confused. I, I'm sorry. I failed out of the GOB in the sixth grade, so <laughs> forgive me. Um, but, um, yeah, no, she, she had, the, she was in the Ukraine and she was running this orphanage and everybody around her had, was speaking Ukrainian and had Ukrainian accent and then this woman comes along and goes oh we need to save our land <laughs> we are the resistance <laughs> I 
Okay, so another thing about the whole like languages thing that you're kind of talking about. Yeah. I watch everything on Netflix with subtitles. That's just how I am. And sometimes you notice funny things when you watch things with subtitles. And one of them was sometimes like the, the characters would speak in a language and it would say like in Ukrainian or speaking in Ukrainian, but they would be speaking in English to someone <laughs> as if they were speaking in Ukrainian. And I'm like, no, no, you're not. You're speaking in English. I can hear you. See, there are a lot of things that I've noticed um, with subtitles, and I think it comes from sometimes they probably submit like a script to the subtitling place to type out or whatever. I don't know how this works, but um, like that happens a lot with TV shows that I watch. Like the subtitles won't match what they're saying, just in like, terms of like actual words, or like something will be playing on the TV and it's completely different than what the subtitles are saying is playing on the TV. Um, uh, and and I think that probably comes from like they they'll have a script that's their script that they're going with and they're gonna go shoot and they submit the or or they like have the script and they're editing the show at the same time they send the script to the subtitle place or whatever and so the subtitle place makes the subtitles and then like maybe the director was like oh I don't like that line just like say this instead or mm, I don't really want that in Ukrainian say that in English instead or something I don't know. I have never made a, a movie or a TV show, and I have never needed to get subtitles for it. But I imagine that's how errors like that happen. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just funny. And another thing, because, like, it'll say, like, insert adjective music starts playing. But oh, this yeah. movie used really interesting adjectives to describe the music it was playing. Like, I don't know if you saw them, but like at one point it was like, noble music plays, and I was like, Ooh. I've never seen that before, movie. Okay. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this one happened in this movie, but one of my favorites um, that comes up when they're really trying to describe a, a, a theme song for um, somebody who has subtitles on, they'll describe some songs as Poignant music starts. Not that happened in this movie. <laughs> That's my favorite one because, like, I get suspenseful. I get like a action. Pa Wait, how do they describe action ones? Like propulsive. Sometimes. Ooh. Oh wow! <laughs> you have to have a really good vocabulary if you can't hear the music. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, no, my favorite, I think, is poignant. It's like, it'll say, poignant music starts playing, and then you just hear this one violin get in from the background. Because, like, I feel Every like time. people reach for adjectives, but I'm like, you're not telling me anything about the thing you're playing. Yeah, it would be, I think it would be really funny if they tried to describe, like, the musicality of all of it, like, in its own little subtitle part on the screen. It's like the regular text is going by, and then it says, And the trombones crescendo <laughs> in the corner. That might be- I've never, like, watched a movie with, like- Oh, well, never mind what I was gonna say. It's not totally correct. Never mind. Uh-oh. I don't know. I just think it, I just think it would be really fun to watch people have to describe like the entire song. I think I think that's how they should describe music from now on. Music subtitles. <laughs> oh my god. The Wait. bars of sheet music on the screen. I think somebody should make that a YouTube channel. It's like they take 
like clips from movies and stuff where they have the soundtrack in the background and then they'll they'll do subtitles but they just describe the music and they don't actually play the song and they just like have you imagine the song. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm too much of a nerd for this, but like <laughs> I I'd watch, watch it. it. Honestly, I need that sometimes because I'll try to be listening to a score and I'm like, my ears don't work like this and I can never figure out like, because I'm always looking for like the themes and the things composers are doing and I'm like, nope, my ears are stupid. I can't hear any of it. Anybody who wants to start music subtitles on YouTube, you have two viewers right now. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but okay, speaking of themes, I thought at the beginning that the theme was going to be empathy, right? They were kind of pretty hard on the nose about that they were like look at this guy he he kills these two people um and he's very cold about it he doesn't care about collateral damage and then here's this robot who actually cares about killing people not to men but like ignoring the fact that he he goes and just like kills random people all throughout the rest of the movie but mm -hmm. definitely judges um the main character um that aside <laughs> um they sent him to leo right to get firsthand experience of what is it what what it is like to be on the ground during these situations and the fear and and the danger and the adrenaline and everything to so give him a different perspective and then yeah by the end he's like oh i want to save these people um but also that change in his character took place really early on and then like the end was like it's it uh, i don't know it, it's like they were I thought the whole theme was about empathy, and they were trying to get Harp to empathize, right? Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that they had this robot that could empathize. Which is like, oh, that's kind of different than what normal robots do. And then they- then he was basically a human, and I was annoyed for the rest of the movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, they made that change to Harp's character, um, Harp the main character. Uh, they made it that 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 development really early on, like the first time that he came in contact with like a bad guy, and he was like bleeding to death or whatever. Harp was like, w "Are we just gonna leave him here to die?" And then Leo was like, "Yeah," and he was like, "Ah," and yeah, it, um, and so that that change happened really early on, and then Leo, his his um obsession with empathy, I guess made him kind of lose his mind and then in and then he was preaching oh the entirety of america is collateral i'm gonna kill them all what <laughs> this movie i feel like was missing a lot of connective tissue and it thought it was doing a good job of connecting dots when really it was just a bunch of ellipses like that, like that should have just been on my forehead the whole time I was watching this movie. Just ellipses, me trying to process what is happening and not. Because, I don't know, I feel like it kept trying to introduce things and then it would carry on like it had fully developed that idea. And I was like, uh, no, no, please come back. Because they also showed a lot of like, Harp like having like, looking very conflicted or kind of like reflecting on something that seemed to have happened to him in the past whenever he killed someone or was in like kind of a more violent situation i was like oh there's gonna be like a backstory to this there's gonna be a reason behind the way he makes decisions because they like literally when they asked him like have you ever killed people before like he kind of like they kind of introduce it like that's going to be a thing we learn more about later but then they never really like fully like do anything about that and i was like 
Well, how, how am I supposed to know this character, movie? You're not telling me anything. You know what would have been a more interesting story? You know that guy who... So, you know how at the beginning, Harp kills those two guys and their, their sergeant or whoever that they were working with is all mad about it. And then he meets up with him again one time and he's like, You remember my voice? Yeah, you killed those two guys. You suck. I feel like it would have been a more interesting story, rather than pairing him up with this random robot guy, to pair him up with that guy, and see where that goes. So I feel like that's way- that that's like a way bigger message of empathy, I think, than pairing him up with a robot who just kind of loses his mind and kills people. Um, I don't know, I would have rather seen that. Um, and then they could have stuck to one antagonist and stayed with with um, Victor Koval and actually like tried to defeat him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this movie took a lot of turns, and it was like, we're we're just gonna make him. We're we're just driving along now. This is a joyride, and you're in on it. So I was like, okay, let me grab my seatbelt. Not very <laughs> fun. But if we're on the topic of movies we would have liked to see more. I don't know, I got really intrigued by the whole idea of like, I don't remember the exact quote now, but uh, Leo kind of described his job as like chasing ghosts or whatever. And also I just really liked his office. That was probably one of my favorite <laughs> pieces. Like whenever they like showed it, I was like, oh, that that's kind of cool. I like that. Can we stay here the whole movie? But uh, I, I don't know, I might not have minded seeing like a movie of like him like, chasing these quotes. I'm doing finger quotes right now. I don't know, that kind of been would have been cool and we could have seen him kind of turn more jaded and empathetic to the point that he is in in this movie and it could have even ended with him deciding to go on this plan and like Harp showing up and then the movie just ends and you're not sure what happens. I don't know, maybe that's a bad idea but I wouldn't have mind seeing it. Did you say chasing ghosts or chasing goats? <laughs> ghosts. Okay. <laughs> Two very different movies. The first time I heard ghosts and the second time I heard goats and I was like, you want to watch a movie of Leo chasing goats? I mean, I'm here for it, but like, what? <laughs> Yeah, no, Leo, Leo gets a farm. He's just a farmer. He's a humble robo-farmer. Okay, but early on, when they were showing off the gumps, and they were showing off this guy who, like, killed these two people because he was like, oh, this is gonna kill more people. Let's just do the, um, do the quote-unquote right thing and kill the two people and save the 38 people. Um... When they showed him that, and they were all like, oh, you're so cold, and you have, like, no empathy for these lives that you took. I thought that the Gumps were kind of a representation of, like, that kind of soldier. Like, I thought they were supposed to be a symbol of people who can't empathize with the lives they take on the battlefield or something. I thought that was why they were there. I thought them and Harp at the beginning of the story were supposed to be like one and the same. And then I thought that was cool and I thought that was a cool little addition. And then they had Leo and it was like, um, why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I mean... First of all, I just didn't like the beginning because, first of all, they show you a bunch of, like... Not title crawls, but they give you a lot of expo exposition on title cards. But then later on, it all gets explained by Leo again, and I was like, well, what was the point of me paying attention? And that beginning scene dragged on kind of too long for it to be a stinger opening for me. I don't know. I, yeah. I feel like they could have cut some stuff out, and it would have been more exciting to watch. I don't yeah, know, they the didn't really get to their point fast enough. Yeah, the beginning was very... Hunger Games-esque, I thought. Like, you know, at, at the beginning I was half expecting to see from the Treaty of Treason <laughs> instead of in the year 2036 it's the first year that they're using robots. <laughs> um, I don't know, because I think there is a lot that they could have done with a concept similar to what they had. But also, like, it's just so many cliches happened in it, and I don't think anybody gave up an incredibly stellar performance. I mean, Anthony Mackie was good, but I, I don't think you could have done much with that character. It's like, you're a robot, but you're basically a human. Like, I don't know how you're supposed to represent that. Um, and then there's, like... Harp, he, he, there were, there was one time in particular, I don't remember what it was, but he was talking to Sophia after he got kidnapped, I think. Um, but he was, he was giving such a dry delivery of his lines. Like, he said something, he was like, what, no, you can't kill all of America? That, that, that can't be, what? And then he, and then his face went immediately, like, straight face, almost like he was almost smiling, and I was like... Is, is that like uh, I mean I don't know it just I, I didn't see anything in this that was like whoa these guys are incredible actors and I feel like in a movie with pretty heavy subjects that could have happened but it didn't yeah and for their credit I don't think the script gave them a mm -hmm. whole lot because it got kind of ridiculous by the end when it was trying to make the most of its points. And then, like, the whole final, like, scene between the two main characters where they, like, really get into the themes of this movie and they're really <laughs> talking it out before before the nuke goes off. Oh, God, that's a sentence I just said. But I don't know, like, all the things they were saying just turned, like, really cliche-like, as you said. And I was like... There are original ways to put these words, but you're you're not trying. And it, at that point, I was just like almost laughing. I was like, "This is kind of stupid, everyone." <laughs> yeah, and the whole nuke thing—I had a problem with that because I feel like every like like uh, like there's always there's always that action movie that's like, "Oh, we're gonna have the, the big imminent threat be nukes." And Russians, and I'm like, <laughs> the Cold War is over, guys. <laughs> like that ended a while ago, guys. <laughs> Come on. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't see like in a world in 2036, this fictional world that they created, where they have like these super high tech robots and everything. I don't really think that the 
that I mean it could, but I don't think that the main conflict is gonna be straight out of the Cold War. <laughs> um, I don't know. Just it, 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 I mean, it's hard to judge future stuff because nobody knows what's gonna happen in the future. But I don't know. It was just weird. Be original with it. If you're making your own future, like take an educated guess and do something. Like honestly, like if they like tried to make this video not video, this movie, like, in Silicon Valley, that kind of would have been something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> if you're- if you're including robots and stuff in your movie, like, come on. You, you don't need Russia. And honestly, you don't even need to set it in the future at this point. Well, I mean, a little bit in the future, but still, I mean- I get that Leo is probably a little too advanced for us, <laughs> but also he was supposed to be a secret project, so honestly, if there were robots that advanced right now, I wouldn't be surprised, and they were just being kept secret by the government. Um, <laughs> conspiracy theories. Um, but, I don't know, I, I honestly think that soon enough we're gonna get those, like, gumps in our military. I'm not... I'm not, like, expecting that to take very long. Those, like... At, do we have those drones already? That you fly from... Like, uh, uh, from far? Maybe. Uh, some form of it. Definitely not nothing like they had in the movie. Well, if we don't, those are coming soon, I have a feeling. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like at the rate that people have been advancing technologically with robots and everything... I I am fairly certain that we're going to be fairly automated when it comes to warfare eventually. Um, but also, that's just my my opinion. I, I, I don't know how wars work. Um. <laughs> also, none of the cars they drove looked like they were from 2036 either. Because now we have a whole bunch of tech industries trying to get in on the automobile industry. Mm-hmm. But we, we didn't have any sort of evidence of that. You're trying to tell me all the phones would look like... Mm, come on, guys. Doubt it. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's... See, 2036 is both really far into the future, but also not that far into the future. And so it all depends on, like, how fast our technological... <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I can't speak today. Um, how fast our technologies are advancing and how much time and effort people are putting into those sorts of things. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised- Because the, the area that they were showing um, in when they were at the orphanage and everything, it seemed pretty war-ravaged. Pretty, like, damaged. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have the latest in technology when it comes to cars. Um, but, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the military cars and everything, I feel like those would definitely be, like, snazzier. And then there was one part where he pulled out this, like, walkie-talkie thing, and it was huge. 
I mean, I get that it wasn't a cell phone and he was using, it was like a radio phone or something. But I feel like that is probably one of the easiest things for people in the future to make smaller and more portable. Would be like military phones and stuff like that. I don't know. I feel like this movie had an issue with commitment. Mm -hmm. It wanted the things it wanted, but when it came to all of the other things that those things brought in, they kind of just drew the line and said, this is what we're doing without developing anything else. That probably would have helped this movie along because I feel like there were a lot of missing threads that I would have appreciated having and the world building was kind of basic, even though you kind of had free reign to do whatever you wanted here. And I, I, I feel like this movie could have been something more, maybe, if you overhauled it. Yeah, but and then they were trying to make it like a thing of ethics and stuff, because at the end they were like, Oh, I wish I was never created, so I'm gonna go kill my creators, or whatever. That's what Leo was talking about. And it was like, is it really ethical to create robots like this? And I mean, I get that's a question that you need to think about, but also, like, also at the beginning, when he killed those two, two guys, it all reminded me of that, like, there, there's a website somewhere where you can do this, like, quiz where it's talking about how self-driving cars need to be able to make the choice of, like, you know, who to save and what's morally right. Um, and so it'll be like, you're controlling a car and um, you need to, you, you have no choice but to get into an accident. Either you drive off the road and hit an old lady, you continue forward and you hit a wall and you kill the passenger or something. Um, or, oh, either you drive in front of a train and you kill the passenger or you run over 30 nuns. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but there's just like these, it's just like these questions that it'll give you one after the other. And it's just like, which is more correct? Are you going to go left and kill the baby or go right and kill the grandma? And... It's like an uncomfortable quiz to take, but it's also like it poses this question of like what, like these self-driving cars and stuff, like all of this AI stuff. What is it supposed to know, like do in those situations? Like people have to program that. I don't know. Yeah, to go off of what you said, this movie introduces a conversation, haltingly, like how I introduce any conversation. But it tries to introduce a conversation in these questions that essentially boil down to an ever-growing and slightly absurd trolley problem that we do kind of have in real life. It opens with this trolley problem of kill two or risk all of them to save everyone, which mm -hmm. obviously character makes their decision, kill two, let the others live. And other people would feel differently. They would say you have the chance to save all 40 and then someone else would say but you could kill all 40 so you start with this trolley problem and throughout the movie it tries to grow this idea but it kind of makes the jump from 40 people on a mission to millions of people in a country very separate from what's going on but i feel like if they had tried to introduce this idea of like ethics and morals and trying to make the right decision I feel like they could have shown how there's a gray area and you're never going to make the right decision and how that plays into the idea of like robots and warfare and a lot of the things it was talking about but instead they kind of diverted their focus somewhere else 
forgot the whole idea of ethics and who do we have to kill, who do we have to save, should we even be doing that at all, and instead was like, oh, okay, so we need to kill this person for the plot to keep going and we're not even gonna acknowledge that we're doing that. They just kept moving. And the, the more I watched this movie, the less impressed I was with just the overall handling of what they were doing, and I wish that they had taken the time to really flush that out. Yeah, I just... I, I See, the trailer looked cool. The trailer made it look cool. And I was excited. I was like, oh, Anthony Mackie's the cyborg guy. But then he was an android and that made it worse because I like cyborgs more than androids. Jenna, do you prefer cyborgs or androids for storytelling purposes? Uh, it really depends on what you're trying to do. I've seen stories use both effectively at the same time. And there are good examples of both. I mean... I don't know. It really depends on the story you're trying to tell. Okay. But you can only keep one forever. There will never be- either there will never ever 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 be a story about an android for the rest of eternity or there will never ever 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 be another story about a cyborg for the rest of eternity and you get to pick. Which one goes? <laughs> I mean, cyborgs are cool because you have kind of the whole idea of Frankenstein's monster, but the androids are cool because you have the whole idea of trying to make humanity from essentially nothing. Um... I don't know, this is like- ugh. <laughs> oh my gosh, ethics and morals and decisions. <laughs> the right decision. Uh, I'm gonna go against you, and I think I'm gonna say androids. Oh. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. But I do agree with all of your Bye. points about them. They get messy. Yeah, they get boring. Is what they get. Um. I don't know, but there's a lot of also computer program stuff, but I've seen mo I've seen mostly computer program things handled in like video games. Um so I don't know I don't know if you've seen um or heard of Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh boy. Um <laughs> But I think I think that that whole self-aware like AI creature thing, I think that was handled honestly pretty well. Um and I think that, so like I said, that, that's an example, um, like I said earlier, that's an example of when you have a robot that's not humanoid, but has too much feeling for its own good. Um, cause, you know, Monica kind of takes over the whole thing. And that, that's, so that, I think that was handled pretty well. I don't know, do you know about that? Um, I know some. I was advised yeah. to not know things <laughs> about Doki Doki Literature Club, so my knowledge is limited. Well, I watched Game Theory play it. Um. <laughs> oh, okay. 38, 38. <laughs> um, uh, no, but, you know, that, um, I think AI, um, AI having too much feeling is like kind of what this one did and i also feel like that's kind of what um that's also kind of what happened with ultron in age of ultron too it was like oh they made these ais and they have too much feeling right but um you know from the beginning with those two they weren't like oh yeah 
these guys are bad. Like it, it, it's not a good thing that they have too much feeling as an a, as an AI, because then Ultron is immediately like, he's he's confusing like the pain that he's seeing around him with a death like a death sentence for the universe. I guess I, I don't know. It's been a while since I watched that movie. Um, and then and then Monica is getting attached to this bit of social interaction that she's having, right? And then, um, in this one, Leo seems like a well-adjusted human, and then all of a sudden he goes off the rails. It's like, hmm. Um, I don't know, it just, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't sit as well as the other ones sat. And even then, I didn't really like Ultron to begin with, either. Um, so of, of those three, I think Monica is the best um, one from the storytelling point, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's really hard, I think, to make the robot story or the AI story new and good. And so, yeah. Well, I think part of the reason is we generally only think about like AI robot stories in highly futuristic settings where they've been fully integrated into our society or right at their inception when they're just first being introduced and there's the chance of something going wrong. But I feel like there's this whole other middle ground that like we're essentially living through right now that never gets used. And the reason why I said like I would prefer like Android stories is because if you think about it and going off of what you said, when you're making like an Android almost you, you're trying to decide how much humanity makes a person. Because mm -hmm. as you get too much is can essentially like overload a person. Like it's why you get so many like superhero stories too that have like empaths and they lash out when they there are too many emotions around them. And you kind of get the same thing with AI. When they feel too much, they become kind of too human and there's not much you can really do about that because at that point they're going to act in inhumane ways because they have so much and then we don't put enough humanity and feelings into them they lack cold and they can't empathize with what they're trying to emulate so i don't know i feel like that messiness never really gets utilized well in stories but i don't know that's really fascinating to me because it's the idea of like the things that make us human is not an exact science. It changes person to person and we can't replicate it no matter how much research we do and we're never going to make a human like machine. I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought, but <laughs> I don't know what's uh, interesting. I mean, it's sort of similar with the whole playing god story archetype thing. Um, and that that's that sort of thing has been around since like forever. I mean, it just anything where it's like man makes nature, it always like ends badly. Um, and that's why I feel like, I mean, I get to a degree of people making real life AI, like I get it, it makes sense and it's cool. But um, when you try to like give it too much, then it gets kind of like, okay, are you sure you want to do that? Um, Cause like I don't know even even like the the Daedalus and Icarus story. <laughs> Wait. Um, <laughs> um. Yeah. So if we're if we are uh, okay. 
words. Um, so we are both in the same Latin class, and we just finished um, analyzing and translating Ovid's Daedalus and Icarus. And um, so that that's a whole thing where it's like this guy, it, it literally says remakes nature. Um, and it, it obviously doesn't end well for him. If you don't know the story of Daedalus and Icarus, um, uh, you Spoiler, probably Spoiler, they die. Well, one of them dies, and the <laughs> other one experiences spiritual death. Yeah, you, you probably know the phrase, flew too close to the sun. Um, that's where it comes from. This kid flies too close to the sun, and then his wax wings die. I'm pretty sure that it was sabotage from the beginning, and Daedalus is actually the bad guy. But, um... I don't know, our teacher wouldn't really entertain my theories, so it's fine. But <laughs> oh, that's um, fine, <laughs> that's just a film theory. They did a theory about it! <laughs> oh my god. They did a game theory about Daedalus and Icarus, and I brought it up to our teacher, and she was like, okay. <laughs> you did that? Yeah, I when? didn't care. When? Um, it was like... A matter of weeks ago, I think, and I was like, oh my gosh, there was um, a theory that Game Theory put out about how Deadless and Icarus is like impossible, and our teacher was like, okay. <laughs> and I just wanted us to watch Game Theory in class, but no. <laughs> That's really unfortunate that you couldn't use that for the Lynx activity. Well, it came out after the Lynx activity. Yeah. And also, if I used that for the Lynx activity, the wax video would never have been identified. Oh. Well, you could have sent it to someone else who didn't have a video and like, here, use this. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, there's a video on YouTube about, um, about the word wax. It's very informative. <laughs> um, and it tells you all about what wax is. Pretty great. Uh, hey, Alexa. Are you gonna become self-aware and try to nuke me? Um, she just went boo and then turned off. Excuse me? What about- okay. Hang on. Siri, are you gonna become self-aware and try to nuke me? I'm having some trouble with the connection. Please try again in a moment. Siri doesn't bars. have empathy. Siri has full bars. Siri, are you gonna become self-aware and try to nuke me? Hmm. I don't have an answer for that. Is there something else I can help with? No, that'll be all. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> okay, bye. Nice talking with you. Okay. Alexa, are you going to become self-aware and try to nuke me? She won't answer. She's dodging the question. Yes. I don't have anything to ask. I'm not that high tech. Uh, phone who doesn't hold a charge. Are you gonna come self-aware and try to nuke me? Nope, it's just sitting there. Suspicious. Oh. Wow, it's 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 averting your attention. It's like, oh, you you can't you can't know my secrets. 
I'm currently staring my Chromebook right in the eye. Okay, I kind of... I want more good dystopian young adult movies. <laughs> Even if they aren't that good, but like, I want another Hunger Games. <laughs> because... I'm trying to think of good dystopians I've read lately. Like, okay. I know I never finished reading all of the Hunger Games books, and I, like, never read the Divergent books and stuff, but I loved the movies because, I don't know, I, I guess I just like dystopian movies, and I thought this was gonna be one of them, but it was kind of lame, to be honest, and, um, and I feel like any dystopian movies coming out soon are gonna be, like, about a virus or something, or it's gonna be like a quarantine. I'm gonna be like, ew, no, I want like districts and and death games and like weird selection stuff. I don't know what what else is in a what what else is in a typical <laughs> um, dystopian YA movie. Okay, so I got two things for you here, Ava. Okay, the first. So if you're talking about selection things, may I recommend the selection by Kira Cass, which is getting a Netflix TV show, I think? Those Ooh. books are awful. Hated them so much. I read them recently. They're like 10 years old. And it's about this society that's America, but like not America. Perfect. You have dystopia right there. Not America. But... They have a monarchy. <laughs> and the main character has like a boyfriend and stuff. She lives in like this weird society where no one knows what Halloween is. And the prince comes of age and he needs a bride. So what the monarchy does is this thing called the selection where they take like 35 girls from each county and they all go to the palace and they try to win over the prince and this book is literally like dubbed like hunger games and meets the bachelorette like without uh, without the blood sport <laughs> but that's the best part <laughs> no it, it's so stupid but like i you know when that netflix adaptation drops i'm talking about it i'm binging it too <laughs> that sounds like um, definitely binge-worthy stuff. I just binged Bridgerton, which was oh. fun. It's not- it's not dystopian, but, like, it was- <laughs> I don't think anybody was questioning whether it was dystopian. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I liked it. It was pretty good. I know it's trendy, but it's good, okay? Like, let me live. I um, think I watched the end of episode four in most of the next episode. Somewhere along that line, I've only seen the middle of the show. I want, I want to watch, I want to rewatch the video that I watched yesterday of the robots. Um, it was called so the the robot places Boston Dynamics or whatever, and I watched a video called Every Time Boston Dynamics Dynamics. <laughs> Thank you. Um, every time Boston Dynamics has abused a robot. And it was a very entertaining video. And then there was also one where some guy, like, gave the robots voices and it was really funny and it was, like, a better movie than this one. Um, and so, yeah, I recommend 
you've made it this far, I know it's kind of off topic from the dystopian stuff we were just talking about, but if you've made it this far in the podcast, I recommend that instead of watching this movie, you just watch every time Boston Dynamics has abused a robot. And you see why making self-aware robots is a bad idea. <laughs> um, what if there was a dystopia where robots were trying to recreate like an actual like corporeal human but like there was a robot hierarchy but then a human comes along and they're like uh oh what are we gonna do now I don't think I fully understand what you're getting at but I would watch it (laughs) no Um, yeah, no, I would watch it. <laughs> um, oh no, you know who needs a spin-off movie? Who? Um, Dummy. If you have, if you have, um, seen the Iron Man movies. And do you, do you, you've seen the Iron Man movies, right? I've seen the first one. I've definitely seen the second one, but it's been a while, and I unfortunately haven't seen the third, even though I hear it slaps. Homework! <laughs> Watch it, Ava. Um. Anyways, <laughs> Dummy is the robot that he, um Tony Stark has in his office. Um, not Jarvis, because Jar- well, Jarvis is an AI, but I love Jarvis. I really want to rename my Alexa Jarvis. Um, unfortunately, that cannot be done. <laughs> Can't. <it>. But. <laughs> uh. Anyways, the um. The, the the robot dummy he's very cute and I want one um and I I, I, I think I love him and he needs a spin-off and I feel like Disney plus should make a, a one of the Marvel series um just about dummy just call it dummy and it could be like a series of shorts <laughs> of just dummy messing up things in the lab I would watch that like a thousand times over I don't think you understand. <laughs> I don't, but I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, come Story on. Mandalorian, and I haven't looked up who the little... Is it is it a gremlin? No. Gro- oh, 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 oh. Um, Gizmo? Yeah, I haven't looked up what Gizmo looks like yet. I'm pretty sure I know. <laughs> in my mind, I'm just, like, thinking of all the scenes I could try and Photoshop him in. Don't don't look up gremlin. Look up Gizmo gremlins because um, Gizmo's evil clones turn into gremlins, and gremlins are like evil green scaly monsters. Gizmo is completely different, and he's sweet, and I would die for him. Is Gizmo like has like white and brown fur? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I do know who Gizmo is. He's so cute. I'm sorry. I think Gizmo is a thousand times cuter than Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is a knockoff. Um, and yeah, so um, fight me if you want. Um, Gizmo is the OG tiny cute creature thing. And I love him. So... That said, I think I think it's time that we wrap up this long conversation of random ramblings. Um, actually, no, I think we stayed fairly on topic this time. 
Yeah, I mean, and the whole thing with Gizmo was that Gizmo isn't a robot. There, we've tied it all back to robots. We can end now. <laughs> um, anyways, if you made it this while- uh, If you made it this long and are still listening, thank you. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, I'm serious, guys. We, we, we love every single one of you. If you listen to all hour-long episodes of these, of course we love you. You're amazing. Um, make sure that if you enjoyed this, leave a like. You can comment about it. Um, subscribe if you haven't already to the YouTube channel because we post videos that aren't podcasts as well. Um, that usually comes out every Sunday-ish if we're, um, not procrastinating really badly. Um, and yeah, Jenna, anything to add? Robo-farmer. <laughs>